Hey everyone, it's Ariel. All of us here at the Fumbling Forward Network take mental health very serious. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 988. The 988 Lifeline provides 24-7 free and confidential support for anyone in need. And if you don't like talking on the phone, you can text or start an online chat. Like I said, it's available 24-7 and it is free and confidential. The number again is 988. And remember, you're not alone and help is available. Welcome to the Resident Evil Lorecast, the podcast that will explore the various mediums and lore of the Resident Evil franchise, such as the video games, movies, novels, and more. And here are your hosts, Ariel, Daniel, and Aaron. Got something that might interest you. <laughs> well, welcome back to the Resident Evil Lorecast. I'm your host, Aaron, and joining me is my fellow host, Ariel. Hello. And Daniel. Hi there. And today's episode is brought to you by the letter Q. <laughs> no, it'd be the letter P for Parasite. Because that's episode seven title. <laughs> oh, God. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about episode seven. Finally, we're back. We're going to talk about episode seven of the Resident Evil live action Netflix series. We're back, guys. It's been a long hiatus, but we're back. Welcome back. I would prefer the Ghostbusters soundtrack song, We're Back. <laughs> Who's excited for Ghostbusters next month? Because I am. Oh, so my am God. I. And so is Michelle that's not here for this podcast. It's the big freeze. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, you want to start us off, Danny boy? With a synopsis? With a synopsis. All right. Reeling from a devastating loss, Jade calculates her next move. Years earlier, Jade and Billy learned that there's more to their father than ever imagined. If it was like Transformers, it would be more than meets the eye. I, I miss this. Boo! That's what I have on synopsis. I can probably think of other terrible jokes, but that's what I'm going to leave you with. A Transformers reference. So we go from Ghostbusters to Transformers. So how about we uh, go into the plot? No, it doesn't have enough robots. So anyways, we added robots. All right. All right. Let's just dive right in here. So in a flashback to the Arclay Mountains in 2005, our boy Al, then Bert, and I'll be are performing research at Umbrella Outpost. The three are clones of the real Albert Wesker, a superhuman who is their leader. Despite their genetic similarities, they are distinct individuals. So Albert arrives demanding Albie repair the mind machine interface and Al complete work on new prototype equipment ahead of schedule. When he looks to Bert, he notices his desk is messy and he is listening to music. So to straighten him out, he takes out a knife and threatens to slice off another finger. <sighs> they are soon confronted 
by USS operatives who attempt to detain them for their unauthorized use of umbrella assets. Albert is quick to deal with them using his enhanced abilities, but when more arrive, he changes tactics and decides to kill the clones to prevent them from being used. The USS reinforcements arrive faster than anticipated, and he is only able to kill Albie before leaving, with Al and Bert being captured as Evelyn makes her way into the lab. So we get to see a little bit of what happened, you know, before and how they... Anyways, so let's go to the 2022 timeline here. In the present, Al and Bert talk through the wall, having not seen each other in 17 years. Bert has been sealed almost the entire time, with his cell turned into an apartment. Their efforts to bond are short-lived when Umbrella Guards return to take Al out for more questioning, leaving Bert with a suggestion of escaping. Evelyn interrogates Al, revealing the coroner's verdict. Angel was poisoned with three times the lethal dose of joy. In confirming her suspicions, he sabotaged the interrogation. She reminds Al that she took pity on his pleading for release, and it's because of her he has a life at all unlike Bert, who Al correctly determines is the creator of the joy variant that causes mind control. In the cells, Bert has killed an umbrella guard by slashing his neck and wounded a second who he presses a pillow over to finish off. He has finished shaving and escapes looking identical to Al. Evelyn tries to plead to Al's ego Seeing he doesn't care about the money from Joy, she offers it instead as a cure for suicidal impulses. At school, Billy and Jade talk with Simon, but are interrupted by Bert, who has come to pick them up in a stolen car, pounding on the horn to identify who they are. He bluffs his way through questioning about Angel and offers to take them out for food. They are put off by his unusual behavior and erotic driving. Evelyn's interrogation continues with her deciding to simply wait out for his body to fail. Due to faults in the cloning and rapid aging process, even Umbrella abandoned work on reliable human cloning. While Al himself requires blood transfusions daily, Bert is on dialysis and requires a cocktail of drugs to get out of bed on good days. Bert arrives at an olive garden. This is like the best part in the whole entire series. In my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so he arrives at, at an olive garden where he plans to eat, but his goofy attitude and repeated attempts to avoid any conversation with the girls about Umbrella draws their suspicion that he is drugged. Meanwhile, Evelyn arrives for dinner with Simon and Diana as she asks about whether or not to help a friend in need. Evelyn begins putting joy in Diana's drink and passes it to her while on a conversation with Roth about locating Jade and Billy. And Simon notices. Back at the Olive Garden, Bert breaks the last straw 
when he gets angry at a waiter for false advertising and not providing the table with separate unlimited breadstick offers. <laughs> he gives in and reveals he and Al are clones and part of an R&D team, but this only convinces the two girls to avoid him. At this point, the Umbrella team tracks them down, and Bert uses his fighting prowess to kill three guards, with Roth succeeding in restraining them. The girls are ordered to come with them, but resist. Billy and Jade are greeted at Umbrella HQ by Evelyn. She tries to relate to them about their experience, saying that her own father was very private and she knew little about him. The two are brought up to the interrogation room, where Al is lying on the floor in pain. Blood samples are taken from the two girls. Evelyn reveals the truth about their origins. The two girls were created as part of a treatment for Al's condition, with themselves effectively being a permanent source of viable blood for transfusions. When offered a blood sample, Al hesitantly injects himself to recover. At the sight of this, Billy and Jade are allowed to leave, hating him and never wanting to see him again. The girls are last seen sitting in the lobby, where the two reach out and hold hands. That Olive Garden scene was hilarious. I absolutely loved the unlimited bread six freak out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't condone, you know, being mean to waitresses, but just seeing him throw a temper tantrum over not everyone getting unlimited breadsticks each is hilarious to me. So, okay. the Now let's go to the 2036. So, Jade continues her study of the Mother Zero's head and discovers an umbrella tracking device embedded within it, indicating she was a person of interest when captured by the Brotherhood, and that Jade is responsible for umbrella finding the ship. Arjun interrupts her, warning that the crew has agreed to hear out a truce with Sacklem to go ashore and meet with Evelyn Marcus. He is taken to a tent at a temporary base, where he is introduced to Evelyn, who he last met at Riyadh in 2019. Evelyn quickly cuts to the chase. She wants Jade handed over. He counters that the release of sensitive umbrella data stolen from Bali in 2022 would reveal the remaining would reveal to the remaining human population Umbrella's complicity in the pandemic. Jade is confined in a room. When B comes to visit, Jade warns her to get Arjun and a green duffel bag and leave the ship. Soon, her fellow university members return with the results of their dealings with Evelyn and prepare to surrender her. On the shore, Jade is directed by a senior USS commander, Molloy, to their base. There she finds Evelyn, who begins singing and dancing and what is revealed to be Billy using the modified joy to manipulate her. And unofficially, Billy has been in control of Umbrella for years. She reveals her goals very clearly. She wants Jade kept with her and who will be a source of blood to stabilize her condition. And she wants the university ship seized with the latter command issued by Malloy through Evelyn. Realizing she can't stop the order, 
Jade releases a vial containing the attractor enzyme. As the Zeros' sense of smell has heightened over the years, hundreds begin flocking to the base, killing any USS operatives in their way. As the university's shore party is not in the tent's direction, they completely ignore them. The ship goes to alert at the sight of so many Zeros and disembarks, revealing that ship has had a massive infected crocodile in tow. So, that was their little secret there. The Zeros manage to easily break through the base's perimeter wall and rush towards Billy and Jade. The two reach out and hold hands. Ooh. And that is the plot of episode seven, Parasite. Dun dun dun! Parasite Eve, not really, but it's <laughs> what it makes me think of every time I see Parasite. That's it. Well, That's it for this part of the show. <laughs> well, I guess this is where we go to a mid break, and when we come back, we'll talk about this episode. Yeah, an Olive Garden. <laughs> Well, here we are in the middle of the show, Ariel. Do you know what the first thing we do in the middle of the show is? It's awful middly in here. Okay, what's the second thing we do in the show? <laughs> Tell me. I haven't done this forever. I need to know. We thank our patrons. <gasps> we thank our patrons. So, we have to thank our VIP patrons. Starting with Banana the Bard, a.k.a. Bananakin Bardwalker. <laughs> the Dog 47, Glenn Meeks, Jay Zoobs, Jeremy Kelly, Lord Salazar, Naked Mango, The Compound, The Sevens of the Sins, and then we have to thank our All Access patrons, Awkward Kaji, Chris Slate, Remington Cloutier, and then, of course, our official patrons, Quattro Hawkes, Paul Murphy, Ryan Black, and... You don't remember the last one? Isn't it like some random guy? It's just some random guy. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, patrons. Uh, you are awesome. You're amazing. And uh, you have no idea how much you really help. Yes, thank you, patrons. We do greatly appreciate it. And we also appreciate you listeners because without you, we wouldn't have a show. Touche. And as an additional thanks to all of you out there. So our 100th episode is coming up. We're on episode 98 right now. So as a special thanks and a way to celebrate our 100th episode. We are going to do a patron chat where all paid patrons are welcome to come, not just the VIP. So yes, all paid patrons on any of the tiers, the paid tiers, you are welcome to join our 100th episode and our patron chat, which the date for that is February 24th, Saturday, February 24th. So if you are a paid patron and you want to join us, please do. 
Saturday, February 24th at 6 p.m. Central Time. And it will be on the Discord, on the Patrons Discord. So, yeah, and then as a special thanks to all of the listeners, all the fans out there, the topic for our patron chat is favorite experiences with Resident Evil, be it a favorite experience while you were playing the game, like in the game, or a favorite experience in real life that dealt with Resident Evil. So, for everyone out there, send us an email or a message of your favorite experiences and we'll read them on the patron chat. So, you can get you can message us with our email, which is almightycrit at gmail.com, which is A-L-L Mighty Crit instead of A-L Mighty Crit. It's A-L-L Mighty Crit at gmail.com. You could also message us on our Discord. We are the Resident Evil Lorecast on the Robots Radio Discord. And the links for these are in the show notes the links for the email and discord are in the show notes. So please send us in your favorite experiences and we will read them on the patron chat. So I thought that would be a great way to spend our hundredth episode with everyone involved and get just talking about experiences with Resident Evil. Hundredth episode guys. Hundred episodes. Did you believe we made it to a hundred? And that's where we're gonna stay. <sighs> we're stopping at a hundred. We're that's stopping it. at a hundred. Just kidding, listeners. We're not. <laughs> After the patron chat, we're diving into the Rebecca Chamber series. Oh, the books? No. No, the the um, show that Daniel watched. There's the YouTube series. <gasps> oh yeah. Yeah. Woo. No, the novels, Rebecca's only in a couple. <laughs> Which we will be getting into the novels soon because we're almost done with all of the TVs, movies, series, ev- you know, all that type of media. So, yeah. Speaking of Showtime. Mm. Ariel. Mm. We have a review. Mm-hmm. Do you want to read the review? Sure, I'll read the review. Ooh, okay. <clears throat> So, this is an email from Melina. Hello, Aaron, Ariel, and Daniel, as well as your entire team. I'm sorry if this email is long, but I hope you'll allow me enough time to gush to you. I am a stay-at-home mom, and most of my entertainment comes from podcasts. As I'm sure you know, one cannot keep their sanity with Ghibli movies and Disney soundtracks alone. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Like, okay, yeah, I agree with the Disney soundtracks, but Ghibli movies? I think I would stay sane. I mean, to a certain point, you can only watch Totoro so many times. Maybe to you. Okay, she's already insane. (laughs) Yeah. 
I am. So anyways, that said, I have been binging several of your podcasts slash lore casts, including D&D, Legend of Zelda, and some of your live play shows. But what has been the most fantastic for me has been your Resident Evil lore cast. Here's where you, you... Here's where you have helped me get over some childhood trauma. I was born in 1994, making me about four years old, when my father got RE2. Now, my father was a real piece of work, and for reasons that escaped me, he let me watch him play the game in the middle of the night. I still remember my absolute terror as seeing a liquor the first time. It haunted my nightmares for more than a decade and actually continued to frighten me so much that I could not touch any RE games even into adulthood. But I love game lore and I hate being a scaredy cat. So I thought listening to a lore cast would be a good way to learn more about the RE world without having to play. What actually happened is... Wait. Yep. What actually happened is that y'all ignited such an interest in the games for me. I actually bought RE8, no liquors, and played through it with my husband. It ended up being a great bonding experience for the two of us, and I got to enjoy the story firsthand. I would literally, not figuratively, credit y'all with triple-handedly helping me overcome my fear and inspiring me to play Resident Evil. I'm still a scaredy cat. But I'm going to continue to adventure through the games. Your passion and knowledge about the games is unmatched, and your banter is golden. You're the opposite of gatekeepers, and in a world full of them, that makes you guys rock stars. I hope to become a patron one day for this, or your other podcasts. In the meantime, I intend to make any accounts necessary in order to leave you five-star reviews everywhere I can. (laughs) I sincerely hope you get to see this so you can see so you can know how much you've positively impacted me and helped me get past fears I've had my entire life. Thank you for your time and I look forward to continuing to listen. Forever best wishes, Melina. P.S. I am also I am always sending good energy to Ariel and Aaron. I understand some of the stress of multiple medical issues that require attention and how draining that can be. I wish you the best of health and hope that you have something that gives you as much joy as you have given so many others as you deserve it, whether you might need that time off. Whenever you might need that time off. No. What a great email. Daniel just threw his hands up in the air. What about me? You got kudos. Well, I am very, very happy. I know my voice is always monotone and it never seems that way. But I am very, very happy that we have helped you come, like, get over your fear of a really, really awesome franchise. And, you know, I'm just saying, you played RE8, but RE4 doesn't have any liquors in it. No, it has a giant fish that'll eat your face. Don't. I'm trying to get her to play it. <laughs> and I'm just trying to be honest. <laughs> but anyways, there's no there's no liquors in four. So you're you're safe to play that. Yeah, let's traumatize her some more. Jeez. 
I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. I just, I just thought everybody kept saying liquors, and I was like, I want a sucker right now. And then that just listen. ADHD. I know this is explicit podcast, but some things just need to stay in your head. It was a lollipop. Thank you very much. ADHD for the win. <laughs> Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Thank you for the lovely email. Uh, Daniel, he left. <laughs> he didn't get any sort of love. So he left. He was like right in the beginning. I know. The end part was just about He's, medical. He issues. just throws hissy fits. <laughs> it's Daniel. When he doesn't get the entire email all about him. Okay, listeners, send nothing but emails. All about how great Daniel is. That just makes me sound really vain. Fool <laughs> <laughs> myself. I am quite the opposite. Oh, okay. like I distinctly remember last night when you were playing mm. that you said, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> Yet you continue to talk. It's Bow World. <laughs> well, I talk shit about him too. Yeah. I make memes about him. So he does. No, that's funny though. He's not. Oh, anyway, Daniel, what'd you bring for the med break? Well, if you ever cosplay as a Resident Evil character, one that actually has umbrella logos, or if you just want to display a lot of logos for umbrella around and then act like you're a umbrella individual, use your imagination. So on Etsy, there is a place called Nerd Kitten Novelties that has... Uh, vinyl stickers. Looks like they range from six fifty eight for they have looks like four different options, all the way up to a full set, which the different options are all the same price. But it looks like if you get the full set, it's fifteen eighty. And it ships. Shipping cost is nine twenty two. It ships from the United Kingdom, so that's probably where the all the cost is coming from. Looks like it's got pretty good reviews, but it's got a bunch of the umbrella logos and different UPCs as if like you're a different umbrellas member, like a scientist or things like that to get to places. So if you want to get those and show those off to us, or if you want to wear them on your cosplays, you can get that from the Nerd Kitten Novelties on Etsy. I love that name, though. Nerd, Nerd Kitten Novelties. Let's see. And they have almost nothing but five-star reviews. So they seem to be a pretty good store on Etsy. So check them out. And if you do get any of the merch that we show, definitely show it. And you're in the Discord, post it on the Discord. Or I guess if you want to and you're a patron, patron, sorry, you can send an email or message it to us, the merch that you've gotten. They can email us anyway. It's in the show notes. <laughs> I don't know what you know. <laughs> and if they're a part of the Discord, they can just message to us directly. <laughs> I don't listen to you, Aaron. <laughs> and that's what I have for oh. merch. Oh. Well, Ariel, what'd you bring for us today? So I read an article, much like I always do, and Daniel's going to get real excited about this one. Oh, is it about Resident Evil bath bombs? Why would I be excited about those? <laughs> so anyways, this article comes from Gaming Bible and the title is Dino Crisis Revival officially back on the table and fans are thrilled. Yeah. 
And I bring this up because I understand this is Resident Evil and not Dino Crisis, but you know what? It's Capcom. So it's that's why Resident I brought Evil it. Evil with dinosaurs. I can't think of a single Resident Evil fan that did not love Dino Crisis. Uh, you say that now, you're going to get a whole... I'm going to get a whole slew of emails and <laughs> hate mail. Good. <laughs> so... When it comes to Capcom, it's fair to say that a lot of people think of Dino Crisis when they hear the name. Sure, Resident Evil is also in there, but I'm talking about the fans that haven't forgotten the rush of trying to survive deadly dinos. Rawr. <laughs> so, Capcom has put the possibility of a new Dino Crisis back on the table. On Capcom's CapTown website, Capcom's super elections are being held. On the surface, it just seems like a fun tweet gimmick to interact with, but then question five asks, which franchise gamers want to see a new game in? That's where the possibility of a revival comes in. Among the titles you'd expect to see, like Resident Evil, there's also Dino Crisis listed, just waiting for the votes to come pouring in. It seems, despite what feels like constant radio silence, Capcom has been listening to cries for more dinosaur antics from its players. So, the question is now whether Capcom is just making it look like other titles have a chance and will focus on Dino Crisis anyway, or whether it's a tease that'll lead to nothing more than disappointment and heartache. But, personally, I think it might be a little throwing it out there and see how many fish bite. So, this is me talking, not the article. Go in there and go vote. But in Dino Crisis. Everyone go do it now. Let's get a Dino Crisis. Rawr. I think a little <laughs> of Resident Evil's on the table. You're going to have a lot more fans for Resident Evil vote for Resident Evil. Like if it's yeah, one but of those, it's which already comes first. like I get what you're saying, but it's already a given that they're going to keep remaking the Resident Evils. I think it it could possibly be a ploy to see which other of their game, like their game franchises or whatever, that would could also benefit from remakes because they're already doing the Resident Evil remakes, so it's already a given that they're going to just keep doing that, but. I wonder if they're trying to test the waters to see which other series to do remakes for. Time Come on, Dino Crisis. Time to make multiple accounts. <laughs> oh my god. I personally think that Dino Crisis could do with a good revival, and I think today's society of gamers would welcome it. When I was asked about by one of our fellow fans and friends if I would like the remaster or remake of it, if they changed stuff, but he was more implying like if they added things. And I said, if they keep the story the same, good. If they add stuff that they didn't have, like they forgot before or they just wanted to add in, that's fine. I just don't want them to change the story. You know how some of these remakes and remasters, they change the story up keep the story and add your new content if you want but don't remove a lot of stuff from it oh well, yeah I mean as things get older and fans 
talk amongst themselves. It's not like developers and storyboard writers and stuff don't see this stuff. They kind of go, oh man, that would have been a good idea. Or, oh man, we could have added that. Oh, it would have been so easy. So when these remakes come out, that's typically what they're doing. They're adding the stuff that they d- either didn't get a chance to from the beginning and they wanted to because time constraints or developmental process was, you know, a lot more constrictive back then or maybe even the fans themselves had cool plot twists or something that they were like, oh man, I could have added that. That's typically what happens. So I don't think we're going to get a Dino Crisis where things will be removed. I think we will get a Dino Crisis Resident Evil 4 remake treatment. As long as that's all it is. Not where they did three and removed the whole clock tower. (laughs) Save the clock tower. Save the clock tower. Back to the future. (laughs) Well, at any rate, I brought something today that we've already talked about on this podcast. Dino Crisis? No. Resident Evil bath bombs? Uh, no, but I'm going to look those up now and I hope they turn the water red because that would be awesome. (laughs) No, it's the Resident Evil first aid drink collector's box, which Ariel just received in the mail last week. (laughs) It's fucking cool. (laughs) So right now, if you head over to Mertroid, you can purchase this item. It's up for sale again for $419.99. This price does include all taxes and shipping fees. Be wary, it is a limited edition order. There are only 4,750 more of these that will go out. So be quick, jump on it as quick as you can if you want it. The box includes 10 drinks, and they're like a like a we haven't tried it's them yet. Lime cucumber. Yeah, so we haven't tried them yet. We are going to, but yeah, that's what it says in the can, isn't it? Lime cucumber. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it contains ten lime cucumber drinks, contains herbs related to the game for mixing, and it contains four recipes, or is that more than four recipes? It was more. Say, it contains a lot of recipes for Resident Evil themed drinks, mm-hmm. and they are non-alcoholic based. Yeah, so I can drink them because <laughs> I can't drink alcohol because my medicine. But I remember so. Okay, so there was like Nemesis and Gaiden, Las Plagas, and then. There was Code Veronica. There's there's like a whole bunch of them. And my favorite one, because oh wait, there was like Samurai's Edge too. Mm-hmm. But my favorite one, because I'm a I like a good pun, was Barry Burton, spelled with an E instead of an A. <laughs> as in the fruit berry. The Barry Burton. Yeah, I I laughed so hard when I saw that. Oh my gosh. So the storage box, th- this is exactly what it contains in it. It contains 10 of the 330 milliliter first aid spray drinks, contains one first aid spray cap to cap your drink with, Uh, contains four ink ribbons containing different Resident Evil inspired herbs, four recipe cards for non-alcoholic 
non-alcoholic Resident Evil based cocktails and I think they're double sided yeah they are double sided Mm -hmm. so you're not actually getting four you're getting eight recipes in total comes with one certificate of authenticity with a uniquely assigned handwritten number and it comes with the game flavors Resident Evil first aid drink collector's box artwork so you're getting a lot of stuff in here yeah and like Aaron said I had gotten it last week no it was a week before yeah it was two weeks ago but regardless I got it and I can verify that it is fucking awesome and it's definitely worth a buy (laughs) that thing is so fucking cool so yeah if you have $419.99 to spare get on over to Merchoid or go to the link in the show notes below and uh, order yourself a sweet (laughs) collector's edition first aid drink box set Oh boy, what do you got? It's four hundred and twenty dollars. So enjoy <laughs> your drink at four twenty. Oh God, now all those herbs, man. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's the end of the mid break, Ariel. Yep. We haven't done this for a while. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what we're supposed to do here? Yeah. I yeah, I remember. So I'm going to end the middle of the show. Congratulations. We're going to go start talking about the show. Okay. But first, we're going to roll on over to Fan Roll Dice. Use our promo code AlmightyC10, which is A-L-L-Mighty, the letter C and 10, and save yourself 10% off some fucking sweet dice so they have a whole bunch of different types of dice like metal and resin and wooden and there's silicone and there's gemstone and they got a whole bunch of different dice to choose from they also have their new thing which is the liquid core dice which is really fucking cool too and they also have other stuff like dice accessories like dice bags and trays and towers and all things dice related that you need so yeah head on over there or roll on over there use our promo code and save 10% off your order then you can switch on over to Nixie Gaming use our promo code LOZ Lore and save yourself 10% off switch accessories so they have docking stations and cables and does stuff like that and they got controllers it's their new thing well I guess it's not really new now it's been a while but their new quote unquote thing is their GameCube controllers and now they have different colors to choose from their newest one being the orange controller so yeah switch on over there use our promo code and save 10% your, off your order and then you can zoom on over to W Energy W Energy no I need Mango for this <laughs> use our promo code fumbling4 now that's fumbling and the number 4 
and save 10% off your purchase of energy drinks. So these energy drinks are different because they don't give you the jitters and there's no crashes. And they sell them in tubs of the powder and they have a whole bunch of hilariously named types of flavors and Aaron just got the pomblom. I got the pomblom and it's actually really fucking good. Yeah, they had released it for their Black Friday sale, but then they had released it again after that and it is like a pomegranate cherry blossom flavor and they have like they dub sludge and like the dragon aid there's just a whole bunch of funny named uh flavors so you're bound to find a flavor that you like with no crashes no jitters all natural as natural as an energy drink can get. <laughs> so, yeah, the flavors are really good. I really do like that Palm Blom. The first time I tried it when Aaron made it, though, he made it with, because he's psychotic, he made it with warm water. <laughs> so it was a warm energy drink, and it just was weird, but, you know, it's just because he's crazy not right in the head so anyways yeah that's our sponsors i'm done now done (laughs) well with that being said let's go to the end of the episode well here we are at the end of the episode we're gonna talk about the episode Da, 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 why are da, why da, da, you, no no go back to your regular voice because you fail miserably oh so yeah we're gonna talk about uh, episode seven parasite eve who wants to Got start a feeling in your stomach no i don't <laughs> come on now for all you listeners out there for mm. real this has nothing to do with resident evil but if you love Parasite Eve and Bring Me the Horizon, you need to listen to their song. Anyways. So I'm not going to dive into the Olive Garden yet because I'm going to talk about that the whole freaking end of the episode. So I did like that little sneak peek in the very beginning with the oh, here's the original Albert Wesker. And he's just as terrifying as you would imagine Albert Wesker being. Do you also forget that he looked like Blade a little bit? He did. <laughs> he did look like Blade. He even had Blade-like powers. Yeah, just not at, you know, Blade was at least, like, good. Good in quotes. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but... Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> you really got to see, like, Albert Wesker being an asshole like a normal Albert Wesker because he was starting to take another finger off so he's taken fingers off before because how dare you listen to music and be messy how dare you I felt bad for Albie and it was cool to see like how Al our our guy Al kind of got to where he was you know, in the, I guess, then timeline. So that, I did like that little scene. I thought it was really good. Really cool. 
Dodge? It was definitely fucking dark. <laughs> and showing just how ruthless the real Albert Wesker is. Oh, I'm going to kill all of you. Oh, wait, there's more coming. Hmm. Let me just kill the assets here and just start killing the clones. Always thinking ahead. Always knowing what to do. Even if it's, you know, bad. <laughs> Loved it. Oh my god, Daniel. Daniel's making memes, everyone. It happened right as soon as we started recording the last part. I too like to scream. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So, yeah. I guess I'll just continue on here. So... I thought it was... I also liked the scene with Evelyn putting the joy into Diana's drink to show just how fucking awful she is. Evelyn. I, well, I wonder if her wife was suffering from depression. Yeah, like it could be that too. But I... I don't know. It just, to me, it felt like it was, oh, we're doing this whole, like, mind-controlling thing, so I'm just going to control her type of thing because she's a very controlling person. I think that she honestly does, to some extent, care or love Diana, her wife, but her need to control overpowers everything, I feel like. So that I liked, I enjoyed that scene because it just showed how just awful she is as a human being. What? No. <laughs> no way. Not like she would harm anybody in her family. No, not at all. Yeah, we'll see that next episode. <laughs> oh my god. Spoilers. <laughs> I didn't spoil anything other than just we'll see it next episode. That's all. Uh. So, yeah, like she's just oh, I'm just gonna slip this in drink here, and poor Simon had to see that. Do we want to keep it on Evelyn and uh, talk about her amazing dancing skills? <laughs> <laughs> that was fun to watch. Just so she's under control, she seems like she's still like can legitimately talk, and yet has terrible Elaine Bennis dancing skills. <laughs> I mean, maybe not to that extent, but still a better dancer than me. I couldn't <laughs> dance to save my life. Well, you get controlled by joy. Maybe it'll improve your dance skills. Maybe. <laughs> Don't want to test that though. Was that this episode where we found out that she was being controlled? Yeah, it was in the the now timeline. Oh, that's right. <clears throat> I think that was probably the best part of the whole episode. No, 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 no. It was a good part. Yeah. The best part was our boy, Bert. I love Bert. Oh, these are my breadsticks. <laughs> I know. That that whole scene, the whole Olive Garden scene was hilarious. And I... Okay. I know it was part of the humor and everything else. 
Really? Billy and Jade didn't recognize that that wasn't their freaking dad? They've been with him for how many years? 17 or whatever? Like, what, 16? I don't even know how old they are. And you did you don't recognize that that's not your dad's behavior? Because even before that whole thing, even before the whole I'm going to rudely, you know, demand breadsticks for everybody. He was not acting like normal, calm, cool, collected Al. He was happy, spontaneous, erratic Bert. And I'm you couldn't recognize, like, you couldn't just... I get cloning wouldn't be like the first thing on your mind, really, even as a teenager, but come on now. I mean, I think they thought the whole time that this wasn't their dad, but maybe it was. Well, they were saying like what they were that he was drugged. Yeah. Drug mind control something, you know, but I don't know. I've. I would have been suspicious from, like, the get-go. Well, they were already suspicious of him in the first place. After they found out everything, you know, he's been their caretaker for how long? And then they're like, oh, you did this? And then they don't have any care about him at all? Like, so I'm thinking that they were... Their feelings for him have lessened enough that... True. It's just all make-believe now. True. (laughs) I love Bert, though. Oh, my God, he was so funny. He was definitely the right amount of comedic value for the show. He's just funny and I love him. Though, I will note, I do not condone being mean to waiters or waitresses like the waitstaff. I do not condone that. That is bad. Don't ever do it. Be polite and courteous. And as far as him being like the comedic value to an extent I think that with the clones that they tried to make different aspects of Wesker I can to make different aspects of Wesker because you know Albie was like kind of fearful mm-hmm. and everything so he was more like scared like they all kind of were but like he seemed to be like the most susceptible to being scared of Wesker and then Bert was your your more funny I know he seemed like to he seemed to be the more funny yet the more psychotic side of Wesker because like he could turn on a dime with the whole oh I'm funny and I'm gonna kill each and every one of you and I'm gonna go back to being funny and spontaneous like he's he's the erratic behavior of Wesker well I think we could have had that with all of them we just didn't see it because uh, normal Wesker the one we're used to he you know threatened that guy's job and it was his normal conversation and then he immediately turned to I'm gonna do this this is destroy your life yeah but he also he seems to be more of like the intellectual side of Albert Wesker because he seemed like he was usually he's usually tries to stay like 10 steps ahead of people yeah He's like the the more intelligent. The normal, actual Wesker? Yeah, just not with the evil side, because he did genuinely care, or does genuinely care about Billy and Jade. Something Wesker, the real Wesker, isn't capable of doing, actually caring about somebody, and other than himself. Well, just ask Excella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And 
Yeah, I just I think he had that like he was the intelligent part. Bert was like the erotic funny part if Wesker had a comedic side at all. It all went into Bert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was like, remove this. I don't want this part of me. That's why he tried to kill Bert and it didn't work. Oh, boy. But yeah, that's... I agree with you on the whole that they were definitely aspects of the original Albert Wesker. To an extent, yeah. Mm -hmm. Some of it. Was it Albie that got offed? Yeah. Poor Albie. Yeah, I, I really don't see what part of Wesker Albie would have been unless he was just like the normal guy. Well, he did seem like... Mm-hmm. Albie's yeah. music. So he just seemed like he was like when he was... I guess you could say he's like the rebel because he didn't exactly follow the rules, but he wasn't the rebel to the extent of... Uh, He's going to cause a bunch of issues like a. Um, I'm trying to think of the word for it. Can't think of the word. Where it's um, sort of an anarchist. He wasn't like an anarchist, but he, you know, oh, you're supposed to be working on this stuff. I'm going to listen to music while I'm doing it. Because I would assume regular, normal Wesker told them, hey, do this, do it my way. And then he was like, eh, I don't think he'll care if I listen to music. I'm going to do things this way. And then he was like, oh, shit. Because he already I lost bet, a finger, right? I bet Albie was like the lazy side of Wesker. <laughs> that nobody and ever got to see. That's why Wesker hated him so much. That's why he shot at him first. <laughs> God, I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> He's like the lazy, maybe not lazy, lazy, but lazy, more like unorganized version of Wesker. I think the most interesting part that we forgot to mention about this is that fucking the real Albert Wesker is still out there somewhere. Oh, yeah. He's probably going to go fight Blade or something. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even finish the job. He just ran. Well, he do when... well yeah. He, he, it's Wesker. He's preserving his own life. Yeah, but that kind of bothered me because he ran away from basic ass umbrella soldiers. I think it was it was a calculated decision because more were coming. He knew he couldn't face all of them. All of them had these guns and I think it was just a calculated decision on his end that the risk was too much. So I'm going to bounce. Yeah, I guess. I just he's superhuman and it's like He's not more human than human. Oh, my God. Um, at any rate, uh, the ending to this episode. Which part? Are you but, talking about like the then or the now? The now, like the cliffhanger and the now. Oh, these years. I knew she was going to do that. I knew that was her fail safe alligator in the water well yeah and the releasing the the attractive like the attraction enzymes I knew that was I knew she was going to end up doing that and yeah I don't know the ending kind of made me want 
some like drones with machine guns because that was pretty badass. <laughs> hmm, you never know. You might see that in the next episode. <laughs> hmm. The crocodile was a nice touch, though. It was nice to see it thrown in there, finally. Super croc. I was hoping, because I figured several episodes ago that there was something, because they made a lot of emphasis on those tow cables in the water. See, I thought it was a net in case, like, to maybe capture zeros but not capture them. So that way it kind of just kept them, like, free Mm. of zeros. Uh, That's what I thought it was. Well, I was kind of hoping, for Daniel's sake, that it was a Neptune. It was one of the sharks. I was hoping, because I thought that would be pretty cool to see. I'm not disappointed with that giant-ass zombie croc, but I thought maybe it would be like a shark, a zombie shark. Because they did put a lot of emphasis on those towing cables. And yeah, Daniel's, you know, Daniel's assumption isn't a bad one. It could have been nets to catch, you know, or even just trying attempt to catch fresh fish for them to eat or something. But I was really hoping it was a shark. Still not disappointed, though. That thing was fucking cool. Terrifying. <sighs> Well, is there anything else you guys want to talk about this episode? Um, the fact that Olive Garden should offer unlimited breadsticks to every individual at the table. Anything pertaining to Resident Evil. That does. Mm. Bert was not happy about that. Um, <laughs> about Bert's feelings right now. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Olive Garden doesn't really have a whole lot to do with Resident Evil. And they do not sponsor us. And they do not sponsor us. <laughs> Olive Garden does sound good, though. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Unlimited breadsticks per table is plenty. Plenty. I can make an argument to the other way. <laughs> yeah, but as soon as you eat them all, they bring more. It's We're not talking about breadsticks. Damn it, you tricked me. <laughs> Anything about zombies and Resident Evil. <laughs> I know you like their soup. Their mm-hmm. Super Toscana, is that what it's called? Super Toscana, but that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> I like their minestrone soup. Well, I, I guess that's the end of this episode. Thank you all for listening. Tune in next week. Bye. Bye there. Eat at Olive Garden. Thanks for joining us tonight on the Resident Evil Lurecast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, tell a friend. Leave a comment and review. If you want to keep chatting with us about all things Resident Evil, you can find us on the Robots Radio Discord. You can also chat with us at RE Lurecast on Twitter. Till next time, stay safe out there. And remember, we might have something that might interest you, stranger. I'm your host, Maverick Stone. It's me, Gingerino42. I'm Roman. Hey, this is Sassy Lady. And I'm Jaxus. And we... We are the Fallout Roundtable. Join us as we explore various topics from the Fallout universe brought from multiple perspectives. We can be found on your favorite podcatchers from Spotify to iTunes. Or follow us on Twitter at FalloutRTB or our email FalloutRTB at gmail.com. Be sure to rate, follow, and subscribe. Thank you.